0: Hey friends, it's Weston. And I wanted to take just a second to thank you for listening to the Bowling Green Christian Church Sermon Podcast. If someone recommended this message to you, I hope that it encourages you. If you're here getting caught up on a week you missed, I hope that it challenges you. And if you're a visitor checking us out, I hope that it helps you connect with Jesus and his church. Whoever you are, whenever you're ready to take your next step closer to Jesus or to connect with a BGCC family, Know that we're here for you. You can learn more about how to connect with us by downloading our app when you text BGCC app to 77977. There in the app, you can submit prayer requests, find out about upcoming events, and even give to help support our ministry, including this podcast. It's my prayer that God uses this message to encourage and equip you to take your next best step in life, which is always one step closer to Jesus. Hey, good morning, guys. I'm Weston. If you're new here, glad to have you with us, and um, it's a good day, huh? We're in, in part two of our series. Last week, we talked about contentment, and we talked about how the more we compare ourselves with others, the less content we are. Uh, next week, we are going to talk about um, intimacy. No, I'm sorry, that's today. Today's intimacy. Next week, we're talking about authenticity. And we're talking about how the more filtered we become, the less authentic we are. And we live in a time when we're able to filter everything we post and say and put out there. And so it's difficult for us to live lives that are authentic and have authentic interaction. Today, though, we're talking about intimacy. We're looking at what it means for us to be people who love well in this social media age. And that's what the series is about, is looking at the challenges that we've faced already, that when you put social media and technology on top of it, um, it just makes it even harder. And and being intimate, and I'm talking about being just in honest, just one-on-one, close connection with people is harder and it's different. Now, I think we could all come up with a whole lot of reasons why we love social media and how it's blessed us. I think that we could say technology has been a great help to us in this time of pandemic. I mean, we were at least able to, to you know, to join together a little bit online as best we could uh, while we were, you know, socially distancing, and that was a blessing. Uh, having the church app is super helpful because you can sign up right there and. It lets you know where we're going to be meeting and how to connect, and, and that's a gift. Uh, video calls. I know that we've all have had Zoom fatigue, but uh, it's been nice to be able to you know look people in the eye and visit with them uh, digitally when you couldn't meet face to face. You know th- things like Facebook, Instagram. You know it's nice to be able to find that person that you lost you know so many years ago, and you can connect with maybe somebody that you went to school with, and and that's a blessing. And it's a curse when that person you thought you'd lost you know, six years ago finds you and connects with you on social media, and you're like, I thought we were done connecting with each other. Um, you know, so that it's a double-edged sword. You know, it is a double-edged sword. And regardless of, of what you think about it, whether you've decided that the pro list is bigger than the con list, it's changed the way that we relate with each other. And yet, the call for us to be people that love well, that care well, has not changed. I want to look at a passage here from John chapter 13 because I think that it describes for us the the high call that God has placed in our lives to be people that love well. So let's pick up here in John 13, 34. Jesus says this. He says, "'A new command I give you, "'love one another as I have loved you, "'so you must also love one another.'" By this, you will know that you are my disciples. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another, if you love one another. Jesus doesn't say, you know, if you heart a bunch of people's, you know, uh, pictures, he doesn't say, you know, if you trend in your social media sphere, whatever that is, he says that people will know that you are my disciples by how you love one another. So what does it mean for us to be people that love one another and love one another well in this time of Social media and technology so before we get into sort of this high call. I want to look at the challenges What are some of the changes or challenges that we're facing as a result of technology? The first is this is that the term friend the term friend has changed uh, the term friend, the way that we use the term friend has changed a whole lot. Uh, the average Facebook user has 338 friends, and yet only consider 28% of them to be genuine. Okay, So that means you got 338, but only a third of them are genuine friends. Uh, there's some research that's been going on. I want to give this to you, uh, come from different polling places, but here we go. One is this. The average American actually hasn't made a new friend in the last five years. We won't ask for a show of hands. Um, but that's what they're saying. The average American has not made a new friend in the last five years. That nearly one fifth of Americans has no slopes you're trying to trick me here, aren't you? Has no close social connection. There we go. One in five Americans has no close social connection, which is a double-digit increase from eight years ago. And then here we go. Guys, I'm talking to you. 15% of men have no close friendships at all. There you go. No close friendships. So as we're thinking about how has social media changed us, we've got to realize that the way we use the word friend is very different now than the way we used to use the word friend. So that's one way that it has changed. The second thing is this, is that we become addicted to immediate affirmation. We become addicted to immediate affirmation. I mean, let's say you're sitting at home, and you're alone, and you're thinking to yourself, man, I, I, I wish I was connected with somebody. Nobody's nobody's invited me out, you know, friends are doing other things, or they're all in quarantine or lockdown or whatever, or, you know, they don't get out for another two years, you know, whatever your friend situation is, um, you've got this, and you're feeling down about yourself, and so what can you do to sort of make a new connection? What can you do to to sort of, you know, feel connected? Well, you could you know, you can reach in your pocket, you can pull out your phone, and you can you can take a selfie, right? You can take a selfie. You know, I could take one and, and do the, the duck lip thing, do this whatever, and um, I could post it and say something like, you know, don't know if I'm going to leave it up. Feeling extra spiritual right now. Thought I'd post made a later. And if I put that up there, guess what's going to happen? I'm going to get people who are going to put some comments on there, right? You know, give it a little bit of time. And what's going to happen? Somebody's going to text in and say, man. You're having a really great beard day. Um, people don't really say that. I kind of want them to say that, but they don't. You know, hey, man, you're having a really great beard day today. Man, your Hawaiian shirt, man, it just makes me feel good. And, and you know, you're looking great. You know, if you lost weight? You know, you, you put these pictures out there, you give it a little bit of time, and you start to get comments, and you start to get likes, and, and people heart it, and, and, you know, all the different things that go on. And all of a sudden now I'm feeling connected but am I really connected? Probably not. And yet we're becoming addicted to this type of affirmation. Uh, gal by the name of uh, Susan, I'm sorry, Dr. Anna Lamke, chief of Stanford's Dual Diagnosis Addiction Clinic. She is an expert in something here that we maybe need to pay attention to. Here's what she says. She's got 25 years of treating uh, addiction specialists, specialties. She's treated heroin, gambling, sex addiction, video game addiction, all these things. She's written a book called Dopamine Nation, and here's what she says. She says the smartphone is the modern-day hypodermic needle. And she says that through every like, swipe, tap, touch, heart, heart, All of those things, she says, we're just getting these little boosts, these little pumps of dopamine, and we're becoming addicted to that type of immediate gratification. And really what that's doing is it's allowing us to defer our loneliness. It's allowing us to defer our our feelings of isolation. And what we do is, man, I feel lonely, I feel isolated, I post something, I get some feedback, and I just sort of push this down the road instead of digging deep and forming real intimate relationships with people. And this is a problem. So we're thinking about how has technology changes. Point one there was that the term friend has changed. Point two is that we have become addicted to immediate gratification. Third thing here is this, is that we have the power to do friendships on our own terms. We have the power to do friendship on our own terms. In a way that we've never had this type of control in power before. I mean, you post something online, and what? I've got the control now of deciding if I'm going to respond and how I'm going to respond. Is it going to get a thumbs up? Is it going to get a smiley face? Is it going to get an angry face? Is it going to get a heart? Is it going to get that heart hug thing that Facebook does? I don't even know what that means. Is it going to get that? Is it going to get an angry face? Or am I just not going to respond to it at all? You know, if, if uh, you know, Roger, he posts something, and it's another picture of his cat, You know, running around his house. Um, I don't even have to to like it. As a matter of fact, if he posts one more picture of that stupid cat, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to unfollow him altogether. I'm going to mute him, and I'm going to stop posting and and paying attention to what Roger has to say, and I'm going to literally remove him from my friend group, and he'll never know. Why? Because I am in control of my interactions and my friendships and what I see and what I take in. We have this power now inside of us where we can just sort of hit mute, you know, Those of us who maybe are a little more introverted in life, you know, we've wanted a mute button for people for a long time. But now, let's be honest, uh, but now we've got it. And I'm not sure it's a good thing because it puts us in total control of our relationships as opposed to an honest-to-goodness intimate relationship where you speak, and if I'm in the room with you, I've got to listen, right? And if I talk, you've got to listen. And we have this honest interaction between me and you taking place. In this new world, that's not the scenario at all. So what is it that we're going to do? I want to look at this passage here, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. I don't know if you can flip up to that part uh, for us or not. Uh, Hebrews 10, 24 says this, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up the habit of meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. That's what we're called to do. We're called to encourage one another. Notice what he says. He says, let us not uh, give up the habit of, it's not you know tweeting together, it's not posting together, it's not liking each other's posts together. It is, let us not give up meeting together. That's the, that's the call. I think really what we're being called to do or being challenged to do from Scripture is this quite simply, is that we are called to practice the power of presence. We're called to practice the power of presence. We need to rediscover what it means to be together in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, I know we've had to take a little bit of a break of the presence piece, and I know that it's still you know, a challenge for some who've got you know, extra needs that are not able to, to be together, but there is something powerful. Let's not forget there's something powerful about being together. Jesus said, what did he say? He said, if there's two or three gathered together in my name, he says what? He said, I'm going to be there in the midst of you. Now, does this mean that we can't experience God by ourselves? Absolutely not. No, we can, we can totally experience God. We can have a, a connection with Him. But what does it mean? Well, for those of you that have been in church for a while, you know that there is something powerful that happens when we come together. When we come together for prayer... And we're able to say, man, God, would you bless my brother here? And we pray together. There's something that happens in the room. One of my favorite things we, we do as a staff is we pray together uh, every week, and we spend some time. And sometimes that prayer is longer, and sometimes it's a little bit shorter. But, man, when we get together and pray this week, I mean, it was a little bit longer, and it was so nice to, to pray together as a staff as we prayed for the needs that, that have been handed into the church. And, and we think about all the stuff that's going on. Man, there's something powerful of praying together. There's something powerful about worshiping together, right? I mean, it's so much better to worship in person as you're next to brothers and sisters who are singing along. Jesse and I on the worship team, and, and we were talking even in an elders meeting about how nice it is to hear people's voices once again singing together. Man, there's something powerful that happens when we all pray together and sing together, and we are saying, God, we're, we're praising you together as a body. There's something powerful that happens when we get together to study God's Word. Let me tell you, I, I've, you know, I've been to Bible college, I've been to seminary, I've done all that. I still learn when I read Scripture with somebody. When we talk about faith together and the Holy Spirit's present in that room and somebody will say, man, this is what I think you know, God is showing me in a new way. And they, they talk about how God's at work in their life through this passage and I learned something new from that. That's not something that happens when we're alone. There is something powerful that comes from gathering together as the body of Christ. And it shouldn't surprise us because God came to us. You know, God, you know, we talk a lot about the Bible, but this didn't like fall from heaven. These are stories of how God has interacted in human history. The name Jesus receives in the New Testament is Emmanuel, which means God with us. In other words, God comes to be present. He just doesn't drop a you know, Bible out from the sky and say, hey, read this, this is what you need to know. He comes to be with us. And that's what he's calling us to do as well, to be people that practice the power of presence as he practiced with us. Let's look at 1 John chapter 3, verse 18. We've got this on the screen too. It says this. It says, dear children, let's not merely say, uh, we might add in there, post that we love each other, let us show the truth by our actions. Let's not just talk about love. Let's show love. Let's do love. Let's practice love. Let's be engaged in honest, intimate relationships. So how do we do that? How are we going to get there? How are we going to recover this true intimacy? Well, it starts with one key thing, is we've got to be present. We have to be present. This is key. Uh, you got to show up. Uh, I want you to repeat after me. This is, I think, going to be an important thing for us. Um, I want to tell you what you're about to say, so that way you know what you're committing to. I, I, there's nothing worse than like being asked to say something and you don't even know what you're about to say. Uh, it's it's going to be real simple. It's we're going to love each other face to face, not thumb to thumb. Okay. Face to face, not thumb to thumb. All right. That's what we're going to try to do. So let, let's let's say I'm going to love my neighbor face to face, not thumb to thumb. Here we go. You ready? One, two, three. I'm going to love my neighbor face to face, not thumb to thumb. That's what God is calling us to do, is to be people that are in each other's presence, that are connected with each other, that are present with each other as we go through life. That's what God is calling us to do, is to be present, to show up. Now, we live in a great time when we can be present in different ways. And, and sometimes, I, I know that time has evolved and the way we're late has evolved. And so there are times when it's totally appropriate. Somebody posts something out there and they're, you know, they're struggling with something. Somebody's ill. I mean, I've had this happen this week with somebody who's, who's got a family member you know, struggling with a disease. And um, you know, we've been texting a lot because that's, that's kind of the only thing we can do right now. And I'm just saying, hey, you know, I'm praying for you. And that, is, that sometimes is the best we can do but often we can do a little bit more when it comes to being present. Now, originally, this was designed to make telephone calls. I know, I know, it's, it's new, but there is actually a function and feature in here where you can dial a number and it connects with somebody else's phone and you can talk, I just took a picture, you can talk with each other in real time. It's an amazing gift. It is an amazing gift to be able to, instead of just text, say, you know, I'm going to pick up the phone and call. And sometimes I leave a message, because I know not everybody wants to talk on the phone. Sometimes I'll just leave a message, and I'll say, hey, listen, you don't have to call me back, but I wanted to call and tell you that I'm thinking about you, and I'm not just thinking about you, but I'm praying for you too. And I'll tell you, as people of faith, I think that is so important. Yeah, it's nice to know that somebody thought about you, but if you're struggling, don't you want to know that that person didn't just think about you, but that they prayed for you? that they mentioned your name before God and they said, God, would you bless this person in that situation? And so when you text somebody, you can say, I'm praying for you. But if you call somebody and you get them on the phone, guess what? You don't have to just pray for them. You could pray with them. You could do that on the phone and you could say, hey, listen, I know we're disconnected, but could we pray right now? Could we do that together? And you have the opportunity to pray. You, you could make a, a voice call. Some of you are into video calls. You could do that sort of thing. Another thing you could do, this might blow your mind, is you could get up in your car or you know, walk or, or bike or whatever, and you could go visit that person. I know. Uh, you could go see that person, and you could sit with them if it was appropriate, and you could talk with them, and you could you know, maybe put your hand on their shoulder and say, listen, I'd like to pray for you right now, and I'd like to do that here in your presence. Friends, let me tell you, have not in ministry for a while and had the honor of being invited into some really difficult moments of people's lives. You know, I, the number one thing I get thanked for is just being there, you know, just showing up. Man, isn't that half of life is just showing up? It's the practice of being present. That's what God is calling us to do. So the, um, let's look at Romans chapter 12, verse 9. Here's what uh, Paul writes to us here uh, in Romans 12, 9. We've got that on the screen too. Oh, back one. One more. There we go. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. That's what we're called to do. And part of that means to be engaged. Not just present, but engaged. Now we don't need a show of hands, we don't need pointing of fingers, but have you ever seen maybe in a restaurant Uh, Maybe you see an entire family sitting at a table and they're all on their own smartphones. Just nod your head, sort of subtly, if you've seen this before. Heads, hallelujah, I see those heads all around the room. Yeah, I see them. Yeah. We've had those moments where we just see like we're all together and yet we're all separate. I remember not that long ago, I was leading a uh, high school group and I hadn't done that in a while. And uh, we took them, and and we were talking about, you know, what are activities are we going to need to do? And anytime we had free time, um, all our high school kids, I love you so much. It just it blew my mind because like we didn't have to plan anything for free time because they would just kind of all sit right next to each other, sometimes very very close, sometimes three to a chair, and they would just all be on their phones, just right here, just right there, just like this. And it was amazing to see so many people so close together and yet completely in separate universes and worlds. That's what, that's what we have the capability to do right now, is we could be in the same room and yet be worlds apart. This, this happens with friends, it happens with families, kids around the table, it happens with husbands and wives. I mean, you might have a problem in your marriage. If you're sort of laying together in bed at night, you're each on your phone and you get a text from your spouse saying, hey, are you in the mood? And you know if they say hashtag no i mean that's it you know game game over friends you know that's where we live you know that's where we live in this place of right next to each other yet totally disconnected from each other and i think god is calling us not to just to be present but to be engaged to to be people that are looking each other in the eye first peter chapter 4 verse 8 says this most important of all continue to show deep love for each other show deep love that's like the two-minute warning like flashing the lights on me you show deep love to each other that's what god is calling us to do you know if you think about all the weird and rude stuff we do with our phones just imagine sitting face to face with somebody maybe at a coffee shop and as they're pouring out their heart to you you like reach into your bag and you take out a book and you start to read it and they start to pause, and you look at them, and you're like, no, no, continue. I'm just on page 48. I just thought I'd read while I listened to you, and, and you just kind of just read, and then, you know, they're they're talking, and you put the book away, and you look for a little bit more, and then then you reach in your bag, and you pull out a notebook, and you start working on your to-do list, like, you know, get the oil changed, and get, get carrots. I don't know what you're going to get at the store, and you know and see grandma you know call call uncle bill or you know all these different things you might do and and they're looking at you again and you say oh no just continue I just had a few things i just needed to jot down or or maybe while they're talking to you just get up and leave and you go greet somebody else and you say hey how are you it's good to see you and then you walk back to the table and you sit down and you say yeah i can continue I'm, you know it's okay continue We do this all the time with our phones. It's no wonder we're disjointed, our relationships are shallow, that we're not able to be intimate with each other because just about the time when it seems to be getting deep and good, something bings or chirps or whistles or something in our our phone and and our our attention is taken completely away. Let me tell you, I'm going to confess something to you. Um, On Sunday mornings, it used to happen that my phone would just like ignite. Like it would just blow up Uh, on some Sunday mornings in my pocket while I'm preaching and I'm thinking to myself, there must be like an emergency happening right now because like I'm a preacher, I work one day a week, right? You know, this is like the day. Like, this is the time. Like, it's showtime, you know? Everybody I know, like, knows me and knows that I got something going on Sunday morning, you know, in the 10.30 zone, and yet my phone is being lit up. What's happening? And I'm thinking, there's an emergency, there's a fire, you know, some kid has swallowed a goldfish down the wrong pipe, you know, and I need to do something. And so I look at my phone, like, casually sometimes, and it would be like, hey, we've missed you at Lawn. 25% off today if you come in. Show the cashier your code. And then stacks would do the same thing. And like, I'd have like 10 like, coupons just delivered to my phone right here, right now. And because I'm, I'm a little bit older than maybe the super tech savvy you know, crew that we've got here, I did not realize until about six months ago I could mute my texts. Yeah, I, you're all like, yo, we could do that forever. Yeah, thanks, I know, I just figured it out. And I'll tell you, it's been a game changer for me. Muting the text, muting all those, those advertisements that come into my phone. And now, guess what? I'm able to not be distracted by that. Some of you need to do that. Some of you need to mute those things. Some of you, maybe you need to just leave your phone in the car if you're going to visit with somebody for an hour. I mean, it used to be that if there was an emergency, people have to find you where you were. They would have to wait for an hour. You know, it, it, I know it used to be that way it was the dark ages. It was terrible. But we all survived. Most of us did. Um, that's that's how it was, and if you are finding that your relationships are being robbed because of what's happening on your electronic device, guess what? It's time to unplug. It's time to set it aside. It's time to say, you know what? I'm not going to check this for the next hour, and you just leave it someplace else. That's maybe what God is calling you to do. If we're going to be people who are engaged. Because the challenge, again, is what Jesus said. He said, listen, this new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. He says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Jesus didn't say, they're going to know you're my disciples by how many followers you have. They're not going to know you're my disciples by how fast you respond to emails, how quickly you reply to a text. He says, they're going to know you're my disciples by how well you love one another one another. And so I know we all live in this world of FOMO. We're afraid of what we're going to miss out that's happening in this digital world that sort of lives and resides in our pockets. But the truth is we're missing out on what's happening right in front of our faces. And it's robbing us of truly deep, intimate connections in our friendships and our relationships. And so if we're going to be people that are going to love each other well, we're going to have to prioritize those. And we're going to have to say, listen, we're going to put this other stuff aside so that way we can love each other well. Here's what we're going to do. The worship thing comes out. I want to pray for us this morning. I was Just bow our heads and just pray for us this morning. And I just want to say this. If, if that's you and you're saying, man, I would just really like a little extra prayer this morning because I'm totally being robbed by my digital device, would you just put your hand up and I'm going to pray for you right now. Just go ahead and admit that and own that. I'm going to admit that and own that here. All right, I want to pray for us here this morning. God, it is so good to be able to come and just confess that we have been distracted. God, we don't want to admit it. We don't like to admit it. You know, it's tough. But, God, the world seems to sometimes pass us by. And we've missed it, God, because we're on our phones. God, there's parents in this room who've missed important moments where their kids have said, Mom, look at me. Dad, could you watch this? Because they they're on their phone. God, there are people who haven't listened to their wife or their spouse for a long time, God, without the glow of their screen illuminating their face. God, we live in a world that is so connected at a shallow level, God, but we, we're disconnected in the places, I think, where it matters most. And so, Lord, I pray that this week we would be people who would take some radical steps. We would put the phone away. We would silence it. That we would look somebody in the eye and we say, I'm going to give you my undivided attention. I'm going to show you love and that you matter to me by just looking you in the eye. God, would you help us to do that this week? We pray this in your name. Amen. Hey, as we sing this song, we want you to just lift this up, put everything aside, worship God. We want you to perhaps continue a conversation with him and say, God, would you give me the strength this week to be present, to love as you've loved? Some of you maybe have never accepted the love of Jesus Christ. You want to know what that's about. I'm going to be sitting over here. I'd love to talk with you about that. But let's use this time right now to be fully present in worship of our Heavenly Father. Why don't you stand?